Good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay, this side is doing great. This side, hey, it's 11. It's 11 o'clock. It's the 11 service. You guys got to sleep in a little bit. How's everybody doing? There we go. There we go. You guys sound great. Hey, it's not really fair to make me follow up after those kids. Um, I wish I had some hair to do a little hair flip. I used to have some hair, uh, and then it, I don't know what happened to it. Shaved it all off, I guess. But I didn't shave it. Uh, that, I, I did try one time, and it didn't look good at all. Anyway, um, my name is Cameron. Uh, in case you don't know, I'm the youth pastor here. We've been here for about two months now, and man, we are loving it here. This is our church home. We are so excited to be here. Uh, we love all things Timber Creek students, and we love all things Timber Creek Church. Can you, I mean, come on, this is an amazing church, right? One thing about today, and Pastor Matt alluded to it a little bit, today is Next Gen Sunday, and as much as I would say, I would love to say this is me and Pastor Matt's heart and our vision, this is straight from our lead pastor, from Pastor Jeremy Yancey. Uh, listen, he is all about the next generation. That's why one of our values is we believe in the next generation. And he came to us and said, hey, I want you guys to make this uh, so special for our church to know what's going on in our students, what's going on in our kids. And you guys have seen students from the parking lot to the stage, Students are helping in Kid Works today. It's, it's an incredible church that celebrates the next generation, right? Come on, can we give it up for one more time for just our next gen, everything that God is doing? So much fun, so much fun. I, I've really enjoyed this morning. I love, I'm so proud of all of our students and kids uh, that are a part, and it's not over yet. Like, we got some more kids that'll be on stage in a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we are continuing today our series, Reply All, and this series began uh, the week after Easter, so during uh, Easter Sunday, where we had over 4,000 guests come on, onto our grounds and, and God moved in a huge way, Pastor Jeremy had a survey, and, and this survey consisted of a bunch of questions uh, that we had our uh, guests fill out, or, or all of the people that were attended uh, Easter Sunday, uh, and these uh, had different series or different topics that we wanted to know what you would like to hear, and it, it's really cool that this church uh, is so, um, it, it's so, its desire is to make sure that we're presenting something to you that you want to hear. And it started with Pastor Jeremy uh, kicking off the series, talking about how to difficult, deal with difficult people. Uh, then it's gone through all of these different topics that you selected. One of those topics that we're going to deal with today, which I think applies very much to the next gen, but also everybody all together, is how to discover God's plan for your life. That's the question that over 550 people responded to on the survey and said, I wanna know how to discover God's plan for my life. And, and as it's Next Gen Sunday, I, I know it's, it's awesome and, and it's great seeing students and kids on stage and, and taking a part of what all God is doing here. But I want you as an adult to understand that this isn't just for our graduates, this isn't just for our kids, this isn't just for our students. This question was, was asked by adults. The, these adults responded uh, in a way that they said, hey, I need to know how to, how to discover God's plan. So my job today, I'm gonna do my very best to present to you how you discover God's plan. What, what, what is God's plan? How do you find it? How do you discover it for your life? And this is for kids, this is for students, this is for anyone who's 60, 70, 80, it doesn't matter what age you are. today is all about how to discover God's plan. So you guys ready? Well, uh, listen, uh, today we're, we're going to be talking about God's plan, and it, kind of along with God's plan is kind of the way that he created us. Uh, how many of you are big dreamers in here? See, really? Like, some of you, you wives are like, come on, you're a big dreamer, you know you are. Some of you husbands are big dreamer, you know, hitting your wife there. My wife would definitely be nudging me. I would have both hands raised. I'm a big dreamer. Uh, I love to dream and love to think about the future and all things. Uh, I can remember my parents asking me the question that you ask every child, whether it's in school or you ask them yourself, what's the question you ask them? 
what do you want to be when you grow up? My response when I first heard that question, I, I can remember as early as kindergarten, thinking about wanting to be a brain surgeon. Um, why are you guys laughing? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't even let me operate on cadavers. Like, there's no way that nobody wants me to be a brain surgeon. Uh, I remember thinking about that, but I remember thinking that I saw somebody's house, and I was like, who lives there? A brain surgeon. Oh, that's a big house. They make a lot of money. I want to be a brain surgeon. Uh, so I, I kind of had, uh, I knew what was going on. I knew how to deal with it. I wanted to be a firefighter because doesn't every boy want to be a firefighter? You, they bring the red shiny truck. You get to climb up the ladder. They say, don't go that far. They end up having to get you off the ladder. Uh, they bring another truck in. That was me. Uh, didn't actually happen, but I definitely wanted it to happen. Uh, got to climb the ladder. Though. That was cool. Uh, wanted to be a World Series superstar. I remember playing catch, uh, you know, in the yard with my dad. And I can remember also going out by myself playing catch by myself. Any, any guys in here play catch by yourself? Throw the ball, run and catch the pot fly? Okay, I'm glad. I'm, there's a few of you. Listen, I would close my eyes, imagine myself in a stadium, Rangers, 2011 World Series, actually catching uh, the, the ball from the St. Louis Cardinals, not dropping it and ending the game. Any Rangers fans in here? Any Astros fans? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I figured out that I'm in Astros country. Um... But anyway, I used to dream of being a World Series superstar. Only hit myself in the head like four times, but it's cool. I was, I was a brain surgeon on myself, so it worked. <laughs> just kidding. I, I ended up asking my kids this question. Uh, so I have, I have three kids. <laughs> I just held up four. I have three. Uh, no, no announcements. <laughs> Nothing's going on. Uh, I have three kids. Uh, one is four years old. That's where the four was coming from. One is two, and one is five months. So I asked all three of them. Uh, the four-year-old wants to be, get this, a teacher doctor and a pastor. I'm like, oh, yeah, she wants to be a doctor. Like, she wants to, and, and the pastor part two, that's exciting. And she can do all three, but I hope that she's really a doctor so that she can make money and pay for us and, and go ahead and pay off my student loans and her student loans, right? Uh, my, my youngest daughter, uh, Camden, uh, Kaylee's four, Camden is two. Camden said teacher, and we had to ask her before we asked Kaylee because she always wants to do what her sister does. In fact, she said she wants to be Kaylee, which we were trying to explain to her, like, that's, that's really sweet. Like, you, you're, you're sweet. We, we want you to be your own person. And so she said teacher. And then when I asked my son, he just kind of smiles. He's super smiley, real, real smiley. He smiles, no teeth smile. I was like, all right, either dentist or a clown. I'm definitely going with dentist. Uh, he didn't even say anything, just huge smile. Uh, so I'm definitely going for the doctor, dentist, teacher combo, tr trio, whatever. Anyway, long story short, we're dreamers, right? We, we love to dream. We love to think about the future. Uh, but today we're not just talking about dreams. Uh, today we're not just talking about careers and jobs and stuff. We're talking about God's plan for your life. And, and what's, what's cool about God is he has designed us so uniquely to be able to dream. Like, uh, dreaming is a unique trait of humanity. We get to dream, we get to think about the future, we get to think about what is going to happen, we get to think about families and marriages and futures and jobs and schools and, and all these things, while, while most of God's creation cannot do that. Like, we are unique to the idea that we can dream and we can think and we can search and we can, we can go throughout life thinking about what we want to do and what we want to be. And it's really cool and it's a really unique trait. So dreaming is not a bad thing. I don't ever want to crush dreaming today. I want you to understand, like, that's, that's God's gift to you, to be able to dream. But how do we align our dreams with God's plans? That's what we're going to try to figure out today as we talk. Now, we have some graduates here. We're going to celebrate them at the end of service today. And I can remember graduating high school, um, and I got all these gifts. Now, when I received all these gifts, there was some money, which I was super excited about, and I spent all of that money. I was going to save it for school the, the next year. 
and I didn't have any by June. Um, so I got all the cards in May and didn't, it was out of money by June. Uh, but anyway, uh, I remember getting lots of like, you know, like the, the gifts from the Christian bookstore. And all of them had the exact same verse. And what was that verse? One person knows this. Like the early service had you guys beat on this. They were like, Jeremiah 29 11. So everybody knows Jeremiah 29 11. It's all over t-shirts, coffee mugs, phone cases. It's all over everything. And I had it all. I, I had the whole like get up of Jeremiah 29 11. And it says this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord's plans to prosper and not to harm you. Okay, when you read that verse, that's an exciting verse for anybody to read it, especially someone coming out of high school that has no idea what's going on, knowing that God has my very best interest in mind, which is exactly what this verse is saying, and God has incredible plans for me to do incredible things, and I'm going to go for it, and I know God's got it, and it's going to be amazing. The problem is we like to take verses out of the Bible sometimes and apply that verse to our life. And it's not that that verse doesn't apply to your life, because it does. I guarantee you that God's plans for you are great, and his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. I promise you that. But we, don't, we, we take some verses, and we just apply them directly to our life. And we just say, hey, this sounds really good, so I'm going to go ahead and use it. Let me give you a little background to this verse, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the, uh, the seven verses before we get to this verse. And you're going to see, you're going to have a little bit different perspective, if you don't already, on Jeremiah 29, 11. You see, the Jews uh, were in Jerusalem, and because they had disobeyed God many times over, they kept creating idols, and they kept disobeying and, and kept falling off track from what God had created. He, God, exiled them. Okay, through, through kings and through, like, uh, through them like, uh, attacking the Jews and all of this, all of a sudden, the Jews were now exiled out of Jerusalem into Babylon. And I want to read this verse because I think it will shed some light on kind of our situation when we're seeking God's plan for our life. In Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 4, it says, The Lord all-powerful, the God of Israel, had said, I had taken you from Jerusalem to Babylonia. Now I tell you to settle there and build houses. He didn't tell them, hey, I'm going to deliver you. He didn't tell them, hey, I'm going to go get you. I'm going to come deliver you. I'm going to come with my, my righteous right hand and destroy them. He says, settle and build houses, plant gardens, and eat what you grow in them. Get married and have children, then help your sons find wives and help your daughters find husbands so that they can have children as well. I want your numbers to grow, not get smaller. Pray for peace in Babylonia and work hard to make it what? He's telling them, I need you to work hard to make it prosperous. Remember, the, the verse says, to, pros, uh, to prosper, not to harm you. He's telling them, I need you to work uh, to make this prosperous. The more successful the nation is, the better off you will be. Some of your people there in Babylonia are fortune tellers, and you have asked them to tell you what will happen in the future. But they will only lead you astray, and don't let the prophets fool you either. They speak in my name, but they are liars. I have not spoken to you. After Babylonia has been the strongest nation for 70 years years. After Babylon has been the strongest nation for 70 years, I will be kind and bring you back to Jerusalem just as I have promised. He doesn't tell them, hey, you're going to exile. You're, you're going into exile. I'm going to save you. I'm going to rescue you. In fact, here's what actually happens. He says, I need you to go and I need you to plant, and I need you to, to obey what I'm asking you to do. If you want my plans to be good, because the very next verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. If you want, if you want to truly prosper, if you want to understand that, that this isn't to harm you, this is for your, your own good because you've disobeyed me many, many times over. You've not listened to me. I've given you chance after chance, and now this is what I need you to do. In this exile, I need you to walk in obedience. And he gives him the 70-year plan without giving him the two-year plan. 
They know exactly what they're supposed to do in the first year. They know that they're supposed to plant. They know that they're supposed to build. They know that they're supposed to produce. They know that they're supposed to create families. And he says, I need you to prosper in this region and help not Jerusalem prosper. He's telling them, help the country that you're in exile prosper because if they prosper, then you will prosper. He's not telling them, guys, I'm about to deliver you. It's going to be an incredible experience. My plan is great. My plan is awesome. It's not to harm you. Guess what? They had already taken the reins themselves, and they had put themselves out of the will of God. And so he's now trying to correct some of the mistakes and some of the things in this city of exile. And he wants to make sure that they walk in obedience. Obedience, is the, obedience in the present paves the way to God's plan for our life. You see, he wasn't asking them to be obedient uh, and, and giving them five years, 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. He's saying, hey, this is what I need you to do in the here and now, and I need you to walk in it. I need you to be obedient. If you want my plans to come true for your life, if you want the goodness that I have for you, I need you to be obedient. Obedience in the present paves the way for God's plans for our lives. And I want to ask you this. How many of you are walking in obedience today? Because sometimes we, sometimes we get so caught up in what God has called us to. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we think we're supposed to be doing. Sometimes we get so uh, enthralled with future and excited about what God might do in us and what he's supposed to do in us and what he said he's going to do in us that guess what? We forget to do the very thing he's called us to do in today's time, the present. How many of you ask God, hey, what is your plan for me today? Instead of, hey, what is your plan for me 10 years from now? Hey, what is your plan for me when I walk into the doors of work today? Work is, is driving me nuts right now. I, I don't really know how to act. I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to even breathe uh, around these people in work. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best, God. How do I do this today? What is your plan for me today? Not what is your plan for me 20, 60, 70 years from now. What's your plan today? It's to produce. It's to make the land that you're in prosperous. It's to make the, the Babylonia that you're in prosperous. It's to make that place of work. It's to make that school. It's to make your family. It's to make those things as prosperous as you can because if you're faithful right now, the 70-year plan, God will see it through. If you're faithful right now in what God has called you to do, he'll see it through. Sometimes God may reveal his 70-year plan, but many times you can't see past the first year. And I think that's God protecting us. Because a lot of times what happens is we see the big picture and we, we think, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to take it from here. I got it. In fact, I've got a picture to show you. You see, we moved here from Wichita, Kansas. Um, and this is right up here on the screen here. Uh, maybe. There we go. There's Wichita up there. Now, uh, full disclosure, Wichita, Kansas is up there. You guys can see it. It's pretty small. Now, Wichita was on this satellite map. Lufkin was not on the map. I had to zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in to see where Lufkin was, and then zoom out, zoom out, zoom out, and type it in so that we could see where Lufkin was, okay? Um, now, what, what I did know is that this is where God has called our families, to Lufkin, Texas, from Wichita. Now, what's, what's missing on this map? We see all the trees, we see all the terrain, but what's missing? Directions, the turn-by-turn -turn navigation. How in the world am I supposed to get to Wichita? All I know is I need to get on the turnpike and head towards Dallas, and eventually I'm going to hit some trees. Wait, no, i got to get east Texas. i got to get deep east Texas. I have no idea how to get to Lufkin. In fact, we got lost in Palestine on our way here to check out the church, and we used to live close to Palestine. And so we're, like, driving around Palestine trying to find the road that would lead us out here in series, like, turn left, turn left, rerouting, rerouting. She rerouted, like, 46 times. I had no idea what was going on. The thing is, we might be able to see the final destination. We might be able to see where God's called us. But God's saying, hey, in, in the way that you listen to your GPS, and, and it's just a, a part of our nature now that we just listen to it. We pull it up on our phone. It's on our watch. It's, on our car, it's in our cars. And it's like, turn left, turn right. 
you're not asking Siri what the next turn is up 14 turns from now. You're trying to figure out what the next turn is right now, right? Because if you take a wrong turn, especially in the DFW area, you're going to end up in Houston, uh, yeah, Houston going south, and you should be going east, and it's just not going to work out, right? You've got to make sure that you're following God's leading every step of the way. You've got to make sure every turn, every twist, every... And the reason God doesn't show you the list format of your maps is because you're going to try to skip or you might, you might get filled with pride. You might, you might get filled with doubt. You might be like, God, that's, that's way too much. There's no way I can make those turns and those twists in my life. Those, those, those turns are too sharp. And so God's like, hey, just follow my leading one step, one day at a time. Follow the next step and the next step and the next step. We're going to have some help in just a minute from our KidWorks team uh, to tell the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph is an incredible story that we get to see kind of someone that gets a revelation from God, literally from God, and kind of takes it and puts his own spin and kind of takes the reign himself. So can you guys give it up for Pastor Matt, our kids pastor here? Hey, so as Pastor Cameron said, we're going to help you guys uh, understand the story of Joseph today. He's going to be speaking out of this story of Joseph and the gift that he was given. And many of you probably know the story. He was given the gift of this great colorful coat. But I find that many times it doesn't hurt us and sometimes even helps us for us to think of the stories in the Bible in our own time and our own culture. So if it's okay with you, the kids of Kid Works are going to come up here and help me really quick. Everyone give them a hand as they come on up. <laughs> And they are going to help us tell a story today, the story of Joseph, but we wanted to update it a little bit, bring it up in today's times, and you know what, just because it's fun, let's just say it's for funsies, all right, we're going to give it that awesome East Texas twist, okay? So it's a modern story told with the East Texas cultural twist. That's right, you can be proud of it. Like, I've been here a year, and I'm proud of East Texas, so uh, that's how Texas works, guys. It, like, takes over. Um, so what I want to do is I want to introduce our main character to you today. His name is Little Joey. Everybody say, what's up, Little Joey? <laughs> so let me get into our story. Little Joey had parents. He had a mother and a father who loved him so much. In fact, you could say they loved him more than anything else. And they wanted to give him a gift to express that love, something unique, something special, something incredible. And so when we first started thinking about this story, what gift would a father in East Texas give to his son as he becomes a man? And first thought I was like, oh, well, a gun, that makes sense. And then I didn't want to freak everybody out. So today, little Joey's dad, who loves him so much, is giving him this awesome compound bow. And little Joey was so excited to receive his compound bow. I mean, he was just pumped to receive his compound guitar, right? And now as we move ahead in our story, little Joey wanted to share this excitement with everybody. And so he went to go see his brothers. He called his brothers out. And his three brothers had gifts as well, but they kind of had these dinky little slingshots. And little Joey is sitting there bragging and talking about his excitement about his nice, awesome camouflage compound bow. And as his brothers looked at their kind of dinky little gifts, they started to get a little agitated, started to even get a little mad at him. And if we move further in our story, little Joey one day goes down to sleep. Now as little Joey prepares to go to sleep, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's nice to listen to a little soothing lullaby. And so little Joey used his East Texas lullaby. Right? I mean, you guys just feel the peace, like, just go over you when you hear that? And so while little Joey's sleeping, he has a dream. Little Joey has a dream about 
him having this huge Dodge Dually truck lifted as high as it can go. And around this truck are all these tiny little itty bitty Ford Rangers, okay? Now, I'm not knocking your trunk company, I'm a GM guy, but you know, for the sake of the story, Dodge and Ford, okay? So all these tiny little Ford Rangers are around this truck and Joey knew what this story meant. So he started to smile, he jumped up in the middle of his sleep, smiling, excited, and then immediately after that, went back to sleep. <laughs> and while he was sleeping the second time, Joey had yet another dream. See, little Joey had a dream this time, not of vehicles, but of some of our East Texas timber, okay? You see, he had a dream of the tallest tree in the forest. And around this tree were all these smaller trees. And all these smaller trees were bowing over to this big tree. And after this dream, little Joey once again got up with excitement, grabbed his awesome gift, his bow, and went to go see his entire family and started telling them about the dream where he saw these trees bowing to a bigger tree and how he believed this meant that they would one day bow to him. And his family didn't take this with all joy. His family was a little frustrated, a little upset, and his brothers, let me tell you, they were mad. That's some angry brothers right there. They were so angry at little Joey. And so as we continue in our story, one day our brothers were out in the forest chopping wood, just chopping away, and little Joey was back at home with his parents playing Fortnite. Um, you know what that is, let's be honest. They're back home playing Fortnite, and his dad comes to little Joey and says, little Joey, I need you to go check on your brothers for me. So little Joey grabs his favorite gift, his bow, runs out to his brothers and says, hey brothers, our father told his favorite son to go check on you. And that was the last of it. The brothers weren't just irritated or a little frustrated. You see, now they were just <laughs> mad and angry. And so his brothers took away his bow from him. They grabbed him by his clothes and they drug him over and threw him in a pit. Not very brotherly. That's very sad. And his brothers got together and realized they had to have something to tell their parents. And so they went to their mom and dad, and they took Joey's bow with them. And when they got to their parents, they held out Joey's bow and said, Mom and Dad, you won't believe what happened. Here's Joey's bow. You see, a gator got him. And his parents were so sad. Guys, give it a hand for, give a hand for our KidWorks kids. They did a fantastic, fantastic job. Come on, that was amazing. So cool. You guys are like, can they just finish out the rest of the message? Like, we would much, much prefer them. Listen, the, the actual dreams were dreams of uh, royalty. Like, like Joseph was actually dreaming God's plan for his life. And, and it might not have been dooleys and trees. It was actually uh, sun, moon, and stars. And it was uh, bales of wheat, uh, which would work just fine in Kansas. Uh, it doesn't work here in East Texas. So we wanted to put a little flair on that. But the, the truth is, what, what happens is God reveals an actual revelation to, to Joseph. Two of those revelations to Joseph, he knows because this 
family is very, very connected to God. This, this family uh, is so close to God. And so he knows that this isn't just a dream. This isn't just one of those cool things that you're thinking about or, or one of those cool dreams where you wake up and you're like, go back to sleep so I can dream that again because that was really cool. Um, it, it, it's an actual revelation of who he would become. And he goes and he begins to boast in it. He begins to, to brag about who God was going to create him to be. When all of his brothers, God had a specific plan that was very important to their lives as well. Um, and, and, and I mean, they were all tribes of Judah. Like th this, is, this is an incredible family. Um, and yes, Joseph is a big element of this, uh, but he's, he's not the only one with the plan of God over his life. And he begins to brag and boast. And here is why God sometimes withholds information uh, with us about our future and without our plans. It's not that he wants to keep everything secret. It's that he wants to release things to you in the order that he has designed, not the order that we desire. Because sometimes when we get ahead of ourselves, or we get ahead of even, even more, we get ahead of God, and we begin to take things into our own hands. You see, Joseph, after he gets thrown in the pit, he ends up in Egypt. Uh, he gets sold to uh, as a slave, and he ends up in, in another pit in jail. And, and just, just a pit after pit after pit after this, this, this bragging about God's plan for his life. And he goes through this journey because he took the reins into his own hands when God showed him exactly what he was going to be doing. God's choice not to reveal the whole of his plan is to protect us from ourselves. You see, sometimes when uh, God, it, it is in his character to reveal things to us. Sometimes God will reveal things to you about your plan, about your future, about the plans that he has for you. He might be revealing that 70-year plan for your life, and that could just be, that, that could be a, a metaphor for in a few years or five years or ten years, but you kind of see the big picture. And God might give you that big picture, kind of like we saw that map earlier. You might have a big picture, but you might not know which step to take. And unfortunately, if we had every step and we knew every step, we would take it into our own hands and we would end up stumbling, we would end up falling, we would end up going to the left or to the right because one of these three things would happen. One, we'd be filled with pride because we're, we're arrogant by, by how God is going to use us and how great we're going to be and how, how much royalty we're going to have and how our family's going to bow before us. Or we would be disobedient. Maybe there's something that you get caught up in. Maybe it's a mistake you made as a teenager or a mistake you made as a young adult. And, and it's because you took the reins from God's plan. You took those into your own hands and now you're holding on to them and you're trying to navigate. You're, you're way over here and God's trying to call you down this path here. But you've taken your own uh, kind of way, your, your kind of route. You, you've been disobedient to him. Or even worse, it's doubt. Because what happens is we begin to hear the plan of God. We begin to see and, and feel how he feels about us and how he sees us and what he sees in us. And when we see those things, we have a hard time as humans to think that, that a God would love us that much despite the mistakes, the, despite the human that we are. And we begin to doubt, God, I'm too old. God, I've been messing, making mistakes for too long. God, I'm too young. God, I'm not, I'm not young enough to know the calling that you've placed on my life. God, I'm not young enough, or I'm, 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 too, I'm too young to know the calling that you've placed on my life. I, I don't know what steps to take, so I'd rather not have anything, anything to do with that plan right now, God, because it's too scary, it's too big, it's too, too much for me to handle. Or, or I've, made, I've made so many wrong things, I've done so many wrong things in my life, there's no way a God could use me. There's no way God could use me to fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for my life, to change people's lives in whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. Because you see, God's plan has, has very little to do with you and very much to do with everyone around you. 
God's trying to get you to change people's lives, to, to operate through you, to work through you. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. It doesn't matter if you're in ministry, if you are a doctor, a dentist, like we talked about earlier. God has a plan specific to your life that is, is where you're going to be connected with people to see their lives changed for his kingdom. That, that's his plan for you. But, but sometimes we, we don't know how to discover. The whole, the whole question is how do we discover God's plan? You see, the Israelites, very, very similar in, in the wilderness, um, this is like way back before the, first, or the exile we talked about earlier, they do all three of these things. They make a mistake all three times. They knew exactly what the destination was. God had even given them a route that was different than normal. They walk through the Red Sea. God provides food and, and, and water and everything that they need to live in the wilderness. They know the promised land is around the corner, but they start getting filled with pride. They start disobeying God's very, very specific instructions. Instructions that we still have today, instructions that we still see today. The most specific things from God himself given to them, and they, they fail at them over and over and over again. And then they doubt the goodness of God. They've seen all that he does in Egypt. They saw him split the Red Sea. They see all of these things. But because they're choosing to take the reins and not truly seek God's plan for their life, the, the, the original people in the, the wilderness never, never inherited the promised land. They never inherited the plan that God had for them because they never could give the reins back to God. You see, there's many ways that we can discover God's plan in our life. But the whole purpose of it is you've got to figure out what God is calling you to do. And the way that you do that is you have to bathe your life in prayer. You have to seek his face. And I promise you, I've said this many times already this morning, he's not trying to hide his plan for, from you. He's not trying to play hide and seek with you. Well, you pray over here, you find me over here. It's, it's God saying, hey, would you just seek me? Would you just be in relationship with me? Would you just, would you just try to, to find the plan that I have for you? Would, would you take some effort? Would you make some conscious steps in your life to, to sit in prayer? to bathe in prayer. To, to, if you want to know what God has for your family, pray for your family. If you want to know what God, what, what the career, what school, what next step to take, pray about it. Seek his face. Because here's what happens, is he will give it to you. Because he gave it to the Israelites before they messed up. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We, we see very clearly God telling them the path that he has for them. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. They already know what, what he's commanded them. They know what to be obedient. Remember talking about that obedience in the present. Talking about making the land that you're in prosperous. Talking about the here and now. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience, there's that word again, to all the Lord your God has commanded you. It's saying it again. He repeats himself because it's so clear. He's saying, I've given you instructions. I've given you plans. I've given you commandments. I've given you the journey that you need to be on right now. And I need you to obey my commands. I need you to listen to my words. I need you to heed my instructions. I need you to seek my face. I need you to get on your knees and pray for your future because your future is incredible. Your future is amazing. And if you're not choosing to seek my face and you, you go and you begin to ask other people, you know, they were asking fortune tellers and other false prophets because we want to know the future so bad. We want to know what's ahead so much. And God's like, I'm not hiding it from you. Just seek my face. Just look at me. Just listen to me. Just hear me. But what happens? Walk in obedience to all the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper. It's funny how that word prosper keeps coming up in the plans of God. Prosper doesn't just mean money. Prosper doesn't just mean a big paycheck or a big job. We, we get that in our minds all the time, that prosper means we are financially secure, we've got savings, we've got uh, an incredible amount of, of money, and we're doing amazing things so that we can help other people. 
Guess what prosper means? Prosper means you are walking so closely into the will of God. You are walking in the fulfillment of all God has for you, and there's not a single thing that you could want. You could be completely broke and walking in God's calling for your life, and it could be life-changing for you. Prospering has nothing to do with money, and it has everything to do with God's plan and purpose for your life. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to feel joy. He wants you to feel happiness that can only come in that calling, that can only come in that place so that you will live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. It's unfortunate that they didn't get to possess that land. He gave them very specific instructions. He gave them very specific tasks, very specific rules, told them time and time again, stay on track, stay on track, stay on track. And they kept getting off track. And eventually it was doubt that led to them ever being in a land where God had desired for them to prosper. Joseph was promoted by God out of his pit, out of jail. He was promoted by God to be a ruler in Egypt. Helps see Egypt through an incredible famine, and God used him. And yes, his family came and eventually saw the dream that, that Joseph was having. But it was an amazing emotional moment when the father and, and Joseph meet, and, and Joseph has a completely different mindset. He starts getting upset. He starts, he starts by getting angry at, at them. But then he realizes, like, this was God's plan all along. Now, I don't know God, and I, I, I don't know God's plans and, and God's will for Joseph. I don't know what it was supposed to look like. But I know that he took it in, into his own hands filled with pride and began to take the reins for his own life. And I think that's why he ended up in the pit. I think that's why he ended up in jail. I think that's why he ended up. Now, now could God have, have planned that all along and, and that had been his purpose to, to be in that area, to be with Potiphar and all of these things that, that God designed? Yes, possibly. Or could it have been that he meets the merchants that he met? He ends up connecting with Potiphar later in life and, and he ends up being the Egyptian. It doesn't matter. God's plan was going to come to pass, but I think there might have been a little bit less suffering if he would have given it to God immediately instead of taking the reins for himself. The Israelites eventually entered the promised land, but not that generation that was there first. Maybe it's you today choosing to give God your life and releasing control to him. Because ultimately, before you can know God's plan for your life, for your life you gotta know God. And you have to have given him not just your future, not just your calling, not just what he's called you to. You have to give him your life. And that's the ultimate calling that is placed on your life. That is the ultimate calling before anything else. Before God uses you to change other people's lives, he wants to change your life. He wants to take you no matter how long you've held the reins. No matter how long you've held on to this calling or, or you threw it away a long time ago, you've made mistake after mistake, you're, you're so old that you can't even think about God's plan. I'm, I'm telling you that none of that, is, none of that is true. There's not a mistake, there's not an age, there's not anything that God cannot redeem. Not anything that God can't redeem. God pulled Joseph out of a pit and promoted him to royalty. And today, you might be in a pit. You might be in a pit. But God wants to promote you to royalty. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about presidential status. I'm not talking about kingship or queenship. I'm talking about the God of heaven wants to promote you to royalty. He wants to promote you so much higher than any person in this land and give you an opportunity to live with him and to listen to him and to seek his face every single day. And before you even think about a plan that God has for you, you gotta think about a relationship. You gotta think about a person that he has for you because he loves you so much. He does. He does.
Would everybody bow your head in here? Some of you this morning, you have, you've been on a journey. You've been in a pit for a long time. Maybe not physically, maybe everything looks great on the outside, but on the inside, it's, it's one big pit. And you're just sitting in it, and it hurts, and it doesn't feel like fulfillment at all. It feels, it feels terrible. I'm telling you, today is your day for God to pull you up out of that pit and promote you to royalty. Promote you to a life change that will take everything you could ever dream or imagine to the next level. Because that's how much God loves you. Maybe you're in this place and you've held the reins for a long time. You've, you've lived for God for a long time. You love him. You, you've given your life to him, but you haven't given your future to him. We're going to do two different things this morning. Because the first is ultimately you have to give God control of your life. And if you're in here and you say, I live in a pit and I've never given God my life and I want to do that today. Would you raise your hand in here? Today I want to give my life to God. I want to be promoted to royalty out of this pit. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. Would you just in your own words right now just say, God, I give you my life. Because he already gave you what you need, and that was the sacrifice of his son. And so you get to just literally accept the promotion to royalty out of the pit, the promotion to his love and, his, and how he really feels about you. And I promise you, some of you are feeling it right now. You, you feel different coming up out of that pit. Would you just take this moment and just say, God, I give you my life. Take control. And then the last thing, some of you in here, like I just said, you, you've been living for God for a long time, but you've never given him the reins because giving control is not what we like to do as humans. Giving up any form of control is not what we like to do. We like to have our hands on the steering wheel, our foot on the pedal, and we like to be in the driver's seat. But I'm telling you today, you need to shift into the passenger seat. You might even need to shift to the third row in the back and let God take it completely. If that's you in here, you're like, I need to give it up today because I'm, I'm making a disaster of my life and I can see it happening in front of my eyes and I need God to take the reins. Would you raise your hands? I'm just gonna pray for you. See hands all over this place, releasing the reins to God today. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this opportunity to come into this place. God, we thank you for every hand that went up today that said, I need you. And they said, I give my life to you. And God, I also thank you, God, for the ones that raised their hands and said, I've been driving, I've been sitting in the driver's seat for too long, God, and now it's time for me to give it to you and to release control and to find the real plans that you have for my life. Father, I pray that you would bless each individual that raised their hand, God, and that you would not just change their life, but God, change the tra trajectory, God, that they might have set themselves on an opposite course of you, and I pray, God, that their focus is solely on you, and God, as they begin to seek you in prayer, as they begin to, to come to Timber Creek Church and, and find a place here, Father God, of where they can begin to seek and, 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 and learn the, the ways and the, and the plans that you have for them, Father. I pray that you would bless them, Father, and that you would make them prosperous, not rich with money, but God, prosperous and fulfilled in the plan that you have for their life. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your amazing name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Can we give it up to everybody who made the decision to follow Christ today? Incredible. Incredible. Well, tracking right through because this is Next Gen Sunday. Have you guys enjoyed this Sunday? It's amazing, huh? A lot of fun. Love our teenagers. Love our kids. It's so much fun that, that we believe in the next generation enough to give them an opportunity to serve and to be excited and celebrate and, and everything like that. And our next, our next opportunity is we get to celebrate our graduates. So would you guys all stand right here? Hey, these are your 2019 graduates. You guys go ahead and come down this way. 
Man, we are so excited for you guys. Anybody still in school here? You guys are all done. You're like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm wearing this thing. It's ugly. We're done. Like, we are done. We're done. You guys excited to be done? You guys excited? There you go. You're, you're going to be a great director someday. Just like, get, get down there. Like, there needs to be more people that way. Listen, hey, we, we want to take this time. And, and first off, I just want to challenge you. Like, we're super proud of you. We know that this accomplishment is not easy. We know this task that you com just completed is no small task. It's no small task going through 12, 13, maybe 26 years of, of school. It, it, it doesn't matter. You're done, so it doesn't matter how old you are. Listen, we are so proud of you, and we are so excited for what God has for you. But as I've been talking this morning, I, I want you to, to be very cautious because you're in an incredible milestone in your life right now. And, and it's, it, it's more than a milestone. It's a, it's a crossroads where you could choose to follow God's plan for your life or you could choose to begin to make it your own. And I, I promise you, a lot of these adults in here, we, we took the reins ourselves at your age and we messed some things up for our futures. And, and some of them just got it correct in here, but I, I guarantee you they would say, hey, where you're at right now, make sure you get it right. Make sure you're right. You're not perfect. God's not calling you to be perfect. But I'm telling you, like, there, there's a plan that God has for you. And do your best to seek it out in everything you're doing. Make sure before you make that decision to go off to school that that's where God has ordained you to go. She's graduate. What's her name? Journey. Y'all give it up for Journey. So glad you're here. Oh, man. Journey, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for all of your lives. He does. Seek his face every single day. Do not go a day without seeking God's face because you will eventually take the reins for yourself and you'll lose control. Would you guys turn around? Would you guys all just, just stretch your hands forward as we pray for these students here? They're in a, they're in a crazy time of life. They're, they're, we live in a crazy world and we want to make sure that they follow God's plan for their life. Would you just pray with me? Father, we thank you for these graduates. God, we are so proud. We're so excited. God, I know that you value education. We see it all through the word. God, and we're so excited for the, for the plans, God, that you have for each of these. Father, I pray protection over their life as they step into this world. God, as adults, God, as college students, as careers, Father, with families, all of the things, God, that are about to happen over the next few years in their life. Father, I pray that it would be everything that you've called them to do, everything that you've planned them to do, everything, God, that you have created them to do. I pray that they would seek you, God, so much that it's so clear which steps to take. Every step, every next step, every step. Father, I pray, God, as they go into schools, God, into colleges, some of them are going to secular universities. Father, I pray that their faith would be so solid in you, God, that they can't be turned, that they can't be shaken. Father, in fact, God, that, that you would use them to shake up some campuses, God, that you would use them to shake up SFA and, and UNT and all of these campuses that some of them are going to, God, to where atheism is being promoted and, and God is out and, and, and new life and new world and all of these things are in. But God, I pray that these students would shake some campuses in the next couple of years. Father, and I pray that they would follow the plan so closely that you have for their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for your 2019 graduates.